We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We have some guys that they care a lot. And when you have the care a lot, the word backed in and all that stuff like that, they, they could care less about the backed in comment or whatever that is. They, they, what they care about is, is that they understand that they earned it. They worked hard after someone... Uh, uh, the other day, it was a stat, what, third team since 1970 to lose six in a row and go to the playoffs. Eight and eight, no, it's not perfect. We understand that. It's not perfect. There's a, We have a lot of things to get better at, but we can't worry about that. Now what we need to do is worry about everything we can to be the best team we can be on Sunday. Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy giving his explanation of what I was explaining just prior uh, to going to the break. Uh, Again, they may be the 14th best team in the playoffs, uh, but they earned it because these were the rules that were set up. These were the parameters by which you get into the playoffs and they earned the 14th spot. You know, uh, would would you feel better about it if they were uh, the seventh seed in the NFC and had won against the Packers last Sunday? Of course you would. Uh, But that doesn't mean they didn't earn the playoff spot. That just means that they're not as good as Bears fans would like them to be. Uh, Matt Nagy, I don't think put it quite that way, but I think he did uh, give you another spin on, on let's forget the, the, you know, the backed in and, and, and the earned it or not stuff and focus on the football game Sunday because, as we know, in the NFL, on any given Sunday, anything can happen. And we've got another one of our Bears experts here to talk to us about it. Kevin Fishbane is on the Chicago Bears beat for The Athletic. Read him at theathletic.com. Follow him on Twitter at Kevin Fishbane. Of course, Kevin, uh, I think I can say he got his start with us at Pro Football Weekly. We spent a number of years together. And, Kevin, it's good to have you here this evening. Thank you so much for taking time out to join us. I hope the new year is off to a good and and a healthy start for you and yours. Thank you, Hub, you as well. And uh, I I like the way you just presented that because I'm sure you've heard it the past, you know, 48, 72 hours from Bears fans who are very unhappy about a playoff team. Yeah, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I mean, I know that there is a segment of Bears Nation that is just unhappy, period, you know, and they just want change. Uh, and that may or may not be coming after the season. But I, I don't I, I mean, if I was a Washington fan, I wouldn't care that they were seven and nine. If there was a six and ten playoff team, I wouldn't think they were very good. But I'd be glad that, that the team that I like is playing Sunday. And, that, and that's why I struggle a little bit with, with all the, 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 the naysayers out there, uh, you know, trying to make the point that they somehow don't deserve it. Yeah, and I think it's, it's totally OK to look at it from both sides, too. Hub. I mean, it's 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 OK to say, hey. This team should have been better. 
This does not mean that the Bears should not make any changes. Um, but hey, they were at the bottom, uh, you know, a month or a little over a month ago, and they found a way to get into the playoffs, and they get a chance to play on Sunday. Um, and, and all these people are going to be watching the game and, and rooting for for their team. You would think to win. Um, so you know, again, like you can you can have the conversation about what needs to change in the future while still appreciating what, and I think too, have we, I, I would hope for the sake of the players and the coaches and the staff members of the organization, everything that they've gone through this year. I mean, look, everybody in this country, everybody's gone through a tough time, but you know, for the, for all those guys that, you know, every day they're getting tested every day they're isolated from their families, they're isolated from each other, you know, for them to, you know, have lost six in a row and then to go through all that and then find a way into the playoffs, you know, it, it's an accomplishment for them and it doesn't have to be uh, an overall accomplishment for the long-term state of the franchise. Yeah, and you know, Kevin, I, I think what bothers me the most about it is the circular logic of the whole thing, if you will, because I think what a lot of these negative fans are concerned about is, boy, what if they beat the Saints? Then there's less chance they're going to make change. Why don't they understand that if they beat the Saints, there's less need to make change? I mean, you know, it's you, you go play the games and then you react to them, you know, with whatever happens from them. And 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 if in fact the Bears were or are considering changes at GM or, or coach, I don't think they are. But if they were, uh, you know, the fact that they couldn't beat the Packers Sunday, and if they don't come out and compete and 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 give a good showing of themselves uh, against the Saints Sunday, then those changes will occur. Um, but what this suggests is you measure yourself against your competition, and this team is just simply not as much in need of change as the other, you know, 18 teams that didn't do enough to get into the playoffs. You're right, and, and Hub, you, you you've covered throughout the NFL plenty of GM searches and head coach searches. You and I covered the Bears search together a few years ago. You know, and you're seeing all these GM interviews, and they're all quality candidates, but nobody knows if any of these guys are going to be the one. Nobody knows if any of these GM candidates are going to be the answer. So, you know, for the, for, and, I, and I kind of introduced that for the people that just want to burn it down and start over and reset and, and get a new GM and get a new head coach. Well, who's to say that? you know, the, the next ones are going to be better. And, I, and I'm not saying it's necessarily the, the right way of thinking. You know, you don't want to be, you don't want to settle. You want to always strive for improvement. But, Hub, you go through the players that got the Bears to this point. You look at Dave Montgomery and Roquan Smith and Bilal Nichols, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson. Um, you know, these these are draft picks of the past few years, uh, you know, from this GM. And, and you, you can see if, if uh, you know, you look at Atlanta and Houston and, and Detroit and, and you, you read off all the list of accomplishments of the personnel directors that they're interviewing and you think and those or the fan bases, those organizations will probably be excited about whoever they hire. But nobody knows if those guys are going to make the right draft picks or make the right free agent signings or make the right head coach hires. A lot of this is it's very um, calculated. They put a lot of resources into it, but it, it's a crapshoot. And the Bears have found their way through this crapshoot without a you know without a great quarterback to make the playoffs two times in three years. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Kevin, I, I I run businesses for over 40 years, and I don't know how many hundreds of people hired, and, and unfortunately, we didn't we didn't do much firing. Uh, people would leave to move on to better jobs, but 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 on the occasions where I did, I always had one cardinal rule: I never fired anybody unless I was completely confident that I could find somebody better. And 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 I don't know what gives uh, all of the doubters 
this confidence that just by firing Matt Nagy or firing Ryan Pace that the Bears get better. You know, that that's it, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not the best way to make these decisions. And and we'll see what happens. I don't think anything is going to happen. I, I think it'll be an interesting offseason. They will definitely both Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, assuming they're back, be on the hot seat going into next year because you don't want to follow a breakout 12 and four season with two years of eight and eight mediocrity. Um, but I, I do think they get one more chance. So so let's focus on what they need to do better. Um, and, and as you look at this game with the Saints Sunday, that's the other thing I keep laughing about is that I've had these people call, oh, why even bother playing the game? They got no chance. You know, they're, they're, well, they played nine weeks ago. And it was it was almost a dead heat, you know. And so uh, I know, you know, there was no Michael Thomas, there was no Emmanuel Sanders. The Bears were missing a couple guys too, and and, and that is a factor. Um, the Bears deserve to be ten point underdogs, but the idea that they they don't fit with the Saints or they shouldn't go down there and play the game, I don't know how you make that argument if you watched them play nine weeks ago. Yeah, Hub, I always think back to that that third and long to Alvin Kamara right before halftime. You know, he be broke a few tackles create a fourth and one, you know, the Saints are down 10, they get it and eventually get what turned out to be an easy touchdown and a defensive breakdown. But at that point, if, the, if, the, if somebody tackles Kamara, you know, at any point before he gets to one yard short of the sticks, the Bears head into halftime with a 10-point lead with Nick Foles at quarterback. I mean, that that you go back, the offense had one of its better games. That probably was the offense's best game with Nick Foles at quarterback. He had the 38-yard run from Dave Montgomery. Allen Robinson was superb uh, that afternoon. Uh, Anthony Miller, that might have been his best game of the season. And, you know, you look at the way the Saints' corners are. They're obviously aggressive players, but, you know, those guys with good route running, they can get beat, and, and that's where you can count on, on, on Robinson and Miller. So uh, I, I'm very interested to see how the Bears match up. And, you know, the one thing Hub I can also keep coming to is does this defense have – a 2018 performance in them, right? Like, you know, because I feel like that, that I was looking to see if that was going to happen on Sunday against Aaron Rodgers. It obviously didn't happen. And maybe we've waited too long and we just have to come to terms that it's just not happening. It's a different defense. These guys are older. It's a different coordinator. It's just never going to happen. But, you know, Khalil Mack is still Khalil Mack. And, and I just wonder, you know, if that, that if that's their way to, to try to upset the Saints is if they can have the game that you would think a lot of those guys on the defensive side of the ball are capable of having. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kevin, they they are older, but they're not old, you know, and, and there's no way that this defense should be done, so to speak. I, I do think that Vic Fangio is probably the best defensive coach in football, and, and, and while Chuck Pagano I think is very good and has done a good job, uh, he's not Vic. I, I think that's probably the biggest difference that, that you have here. Um, and, and then, you know, beyond that, uh, you, you just wonder about injuries, who's playing hurt. I'm convinced Khalil Mack has been playing hurt for eight weeks now. He's on the injury list with multiple injuries every week. I, I, I'm reasonably convinced that, that Robert Quinn's been playing on a bum ankle all year long. And, and so that's not likely to change Sunday, but, but it does explain some of this. Um, and so there's no question uh, that the Bears have a chance Sunday. There's also no question that they deserve to be, you know, 10-point or 9-point underdogs, whatever it may be. It would be a huge upset. Uh, but, hey, Bears fans, let, let's get ready to enjoy the game. I think the bigger questions right now, Kevin, is that, or not questions, but issues, is that those chances are diminished greatly if they're without Darmel Mooney on offense and, and Roquan Smith on defense. We have no new information on that won't get new information until after practice tomorrow. 
Um, but the, the way they went down at the points that they went down and their inability to return does not seem to bode real well for the possibility that either one of those guys will be able to go. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right, Hub. And it'd be really unfortunate for both of them if they can't play because you think about how sensational Roquan Smith has been this year, and then you add on to the fact that he's one of what four, five linebackers in the league that could be a decent matchup for Alvin Kamara. I mean, you you draft Roquan Smith for a game like this, for an opponent like this, and then Darnell Mooney. I mean, he's having his best game of the season of his career. Uh, on Sunday against Green Bay, and, and and I think you 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 saw what you know we all knew about the speed hub, but I've just been so impressed with his ability to break tackles. He catches the ball at the line of scrimmage, and somehow he's five eight yards down the field. Um, you know he just he just won't go down easy. He doesn't try to run out of bounds. He fights through, and you know unfortunately he kind of fought one you know one tackle too hard, I guess, and, and hurt that ankle. So you know we'll we'll see what's going on tomorrow, I guess. You know, maybe it's somewhat good news that we haven't, you know, nothing is leaked yet about any, either of them, you know, needing uh, surgery. doesn't mean it's not coming at some point, but we haven't heard anything yet, and it's already Tuesday night. Um, so maybe there's some hope there that they can find a way to get them back. But um, those are some big losses. I, I do wonder with Mooney, <clears throat> does that open up a door? This, is, this could be Anthony Miller's opportunity, right? You know, he's really fallen off the past four or five weeks. Um, you know, does that kind of open, give him the chance to, you know, again, give another shot to show what he's capable of? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Anthony Miller has proven he can be a serious weapon when he is focused and when the bears are targeting him, unfortunately, the consistency to do that week in and week out just hasn't been there. And I think the other concern going in Kev is that Jerry Alexander is good. He's not that good. I, I think that hamstring was bothering Allen Robinson on Sunday, and we don't know how healthy he is either. Now, you know, none of this is excuses. I mean, injuries are part of the game, but we're just trying to figure out at this point how they shape up going in. Um, and it's really the first time all year that I look at a matchup like this where multiple injuries have to leave you concerned uh, about their ability to go out and play their best game on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and, you know, you think about the defense. I mean, the drop-off from Roquan Smith to Josh Woods might be one of the biggest drop-offs on the team from starter to backup, um, especially because, you know, you just can't ask Danny Trevathan to do some of the things that Roquan Smith does for you at this point in his career. Um, and, you know, so with wide receiver, you, you, you can maybe feel comfortable and intrigued by the Anthony Miller, but he's not the blocker Darnell Mooney is. Um, and as you said, he's been inconsistent. You know, I keep coming back to Dave Montgomery Hub and, and just wondering. I know it's a great Saints run defense, but he got that 38-yarder off against them. Um, it was his best rushing performance with Nick Foles at quarterback when he played them. He, he's obviously had a really good final month. You know, the Packers stopped him probably more than they were hoping uh, on Sunday. But I just keep going back to Montgomery and wondering. You know, he has been such a tough runner. He's been really good catching passes out of the backfield and breaking tackles that. You, know, you think about the recipe for the upset. I heard you talking about it last segment about, you know, the game plan they had for the Packers. Like, it makes sense. And you would think that a similar game plan of run the ball, work clock, you know, just continue to move the sticks and convert in the red zone, which they only did the one time. Um, I think so much of this comes down to to Montgomery because, I, I, you know, as much as you'd like to see Mitch Trubisky, um, you know, quiet the doubters and have a great game, he just hasn't done it in his career in these kind of situations. And, and, and maybe this just gives him more reason to try to lay down Montgomery. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think all of their chances Sunday rely on a similar game plan to what they had versus the Packers. They need the defense and, and, and the run game to, to win this game, even if it's not the conventional way that NFL teams are building these days. Uh, but I, I absolutely think it's key for them against the Saints on Sunday. Um, I got to ask you another question, Kevin. I, I was asked this earlier on the Parkins show. I think it was actually Spiegs, Matt Spiegel, who asked me, and, and I should have been ready for it, and I just I hadn't really thought it through. And having thought it through, I still don't have a great answer. So I'm curious what your take is on it. What's happened to Eddie Jackson? I mean, the bottom line is he hasn't resembled Eddie Jackson for 17 weeks now. And I can't really put my finger on that. To my knowledge, he has not been on the injury list at all or more than once or twice. Um, And he's just he's not the player he was the last two seasons. No, he's not, Hub, and, and it's it's a great question. And um, you know, we were talking, you know, we had our podcast today. We were talking about the same question. We're just all trying to figure this out because the thing about Eddie Jackson is, you know, you don't lose instincts, right? You know, you would think that a player who, you know, Vic Fangio lauded the way that Eddie Jackson just had a nose to the ball, just the, the things that you're kind of born with and you can't teach. I almost wonder if he, if if one of those pick sixes counts that he had earlier in the season. You know, how much does that change? Did, did that just add some kind of mental roadblock for him? Where now when the ball does come near him, he's like, all right, this is, I have to get this one. I, and he, he just, there's just something going on that he's just not all the way there. And he's just, you know, maybe he's just being too hard on himself. Obviously, we, we've seen the the high profile, I should say, missed tackles. Um, you know, again, look, you don't you don't pay Eddie Jackson to be a, a, a run stuffer for you. It's why you brought in Deshaun Gibson. I thought Jackson was okay um, last year in the box. I thought he was better than people thought um, when when put in that position. But it's a great question, Hub. It is really confounding. You know, you wonder. You, we talked earlier about Chuck Pagano. You wonder about scheme. Is, is Jackson being put in the, in the right spot? We know earlier in the season quarterbacks were avoiding him. Are they still doing that? It's kind of sometimes it can be hard to tell with a safety where where he moves around. But um, it, it is a serious serious thing for the Bears to consider when you think about how much they're paying him, how important he is to the future of the franchise. But I just can't get over the idea that like that he, he just lost his instincts, that he just lost his nose for the ball. Because that, that, that that's a kind of skill, that's a kind of trait that you would hope that somebody. Um, you know, you can maybe lose some physical things, but that should still be there, you would hope. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can come up with is, and I've seen this happen with other great players, and fortunately it is curable, is, I, I, and I'm not accusing him of anything, but the only thing that makes any sense to me is that what was the one dramatic change? Well, he got paid. And, and, and you know, I don't think he is consciously relaxing now that he's got, you know, millions in the bank. But we've seen this many, many times where, you know, these guys somehow get themselves to that. They get themselves honed to that point where they're playing on the razor's edge, so to speak. And sometimes with the great ones, you can't even explain how they get to that point. Um, And then it subconsciously, you know, you you, you relax a little bit. You know, you're you're a multimillionaire. It happens. Uh, uh, You know, some guys play better after they get paid. Some guys will have an off year but still bounce back. Other guys never bounce back. They get paid, and that's the end. Uh, I think Eddie Jackson is good enough, and I think he's he, I think he's a leader. I think he's he's a solid, uh, you know, contributor. I, I I don't think there's anything intentional about it. I do expect him to bounce back, but that's really the only explanation I can come up with. Yeah, you know, it, it's I, I've I've seen a lot of people point out not as eloquently as you, Hub, because you know fans just kind of say, oh, he got paid, so he doesn't care. And I think you and I both know 
it's not as simple as that. Um, you know, I've never heard anything about Eddie Jackson's work ethic. As you said, he's, he's known as a great leader. He's the one that was trying to rally the troops after that Detroit Lions loss. You know, another thing, too, if you're looking at kind of the mental side, because we, we all know the physical abilities are there, um, he, didn't get, he didn't get a Pro Bowl nod this year. And, and, it's, and he shouldn't have. You know, he, it wasn't deserving. He got one last year. Um, and a lot of people were kind of confused by that because he didn't necessarily put up, um, you know, the, the production numbers. But, you know, coverage-wise, analytically, he was in the right spot. You know, maybe that could be a motivating factor. It's like, okay, wait a second. You know, the, the league is now telling me that I have, I have fallen off, that I have dropped back. Maybe that could be motivation um, as he gets ready for, for the next season. Because, you know, again, the, the, this is just one of those guys that you would love to be able to continue to build around him. That secondary hub is going to be a question mark. You don't know about the future for Kyle Fuller and Buster Screen when you think about their contracts. Deshaun Gibson was a one-year deal, and, and you don't really you have no young safeties in the pipeline. You know, you're kind of building this group relying on the fact that you're going to have Eddie Jackson be the leader and, and be the playmaker back there. So it's really important for the Bears for him to kind of get back to those ways um, that we saw in his first two seasons. Yeah, I think whatever their cap issues, they're a lot more likely to extend Kyle Fuller than to let him go. Um, but uh, uh, as far as the rest of it, you're absolutely right. You know, you got to love Jalen Johnson's performance as a rookie, but with this shoulder and knowing he comes out of Utah with two shoulder surgeries already under his belt, uh, you don't know where you're at there either. And we're told he is day-to-day. That's an injury I didn't even mention as far as getting ready for Sunday. And they will have Michael Thomas and, and Emmanuel Sanders this week. And so you want all hands on deck. You saw what can happen against the Packers Sunday uh, with Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley. And I'm not saying they're bad football players, but they weren't up to the test uh, on Sunday. And so you'd love to be able to get Johnson's screen back if you can. Kevin, I've kept you overtime, and I really appreciate it. I appreciate you taking time out for us this evening uh everybody again kevin fishbane at theathletic.com follow him on twitter at kevin fishbane i know kevin pops up here at the score fairly regularly as well thank you much for joining us this evening kevin i'll see you on zoom tomorrow all right that's good that is Kevin Fishbane. We need to take a quick commercial break here. We got about a 40, 45 minute window for nothing but your phone calls and texts now. So give me a call at 312-644-6767. Let me hear what you think about where this Bears team is at. Do they need change? Should they make change? Do they have a chance Sunday? Are they going to pull the upset Sunday? Let me know what's on your mind as far as the Bears, the NFL playoffs. Anything in the world of sports, again, 312-644-6767. Call or text at that number. We're back in just a moment at the score. My conversations that I have, you know, with George and with Ted and with Ryan, we stay in constant communication. And that's that's where they're at right now. Um, I haven't got into any discussions with that, which for us right now, where we're at, that, that's not a focus. I can tell you that right now that that we are so focused in on, we were trying like heck to to do everything we could to have a chance to get into the dance and the playoffs. And our players and our coaches did that. Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy was asked yesterday if he has had any assurances from ownership, from management, that he would be back as the head coach of the Chicago Bears. And that was his response. Um, I, I think it is worth noting, guys, I don't think they're even talking about it up at Hallis Hall. So for those of you who are still determined to have GMs and coaches fired, um, not saying it can't happen or won't happen, but it, it just doesn't seem very likely at this point. 
I'm Hub Arkish and for Joe Ostrowski on the Joe O Show tonight. Going to be with you until 9.15. We will hand it off to pregame for Bulls basketball then. You will hear the Bulls game right here at 6.70, the score, as you do every Chicago Bulls game. Until then, we are talking sports, talking NFL wildcard week, talking Chicago Bears football. Take your calls on any subject you would like. Mike Rankin is producing and engineering tonight. He will be the friendly voice on the other end of the phone when you give us a call at 312-644-6767 to join the show. And we are going to go out right now to Beverly and welcome G into the show. G, how you doing? Uh, how are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, I got a question for you. I know you watch a lot of film. I watch a little bit, but I'm sure you watch way more than me. One of the things that kind of irks me or bothers me is that the Bears seem to run uh, this, these pass patterns where they have like one guy at the line, maybe one guy seven feet in back of him, and then another guy behind him. And they always seem to get bunched up a lot. I, and, and, and in the end zone, I've seen a couple of examples of where Komet and Robinson were two feet apart, Komet in 81 was two feet apart. And then in the last game, uh, Miller and Robinson, when the guy missed the interception through his leg, he was two, they were like two feet apart. What what is what is what is wrong with this formation? Is it the defense forcing them closer? Or are they just panicking, or, or what exactly is happening in these formations? Well, gee, thank you for the phone call, and I should mention that G joins us on the Score Listener Line, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today, or visit BetQL.com. And you know, gee, I, I at the end of the day, all 32 NFL teams run the same route trees. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a question of how you mix and match your receivers, uh, you know, within certain play designs and play calls, but the routes are really all the same. And more often than not, when you see two receivers too close together, that's because one of them got the call wrong. That's because one of them wrong, uh, ran the wrong route. There, there, there are no situations where Matt Nagy or passing game coordinator Dave Ragone are designing plays to have receivers on top of each other like that. Now, sometimes it's because one of the receivers, uh, or possibly even both, uh, you know, ran the wrong route, missed the call, missed a sight adjustment, whatever it may be. Uh, but also, more often than not, it's occurring when plays are being extended, uh, when the quarterback is getting flushed, when he's held the ball too long, when receivers are now starting to improvise and, and try and come back and help a quarterback uh, who may be in trouble and, and may be looking for a place to unload the football. So um, in this particular case, hey, I, I don't think it's as common as you're suggesting. I've seen it. I know what you're talking about. Um, and it clearly happened uh, on the, the interception um, that Mitch threw late in the Minnesota game uh, that they got away with, actually, that almost cost him the game. That was a situation where uh, J.P. Holtz was in because uh, you had Demetrius Harris injured and Holtz had not practiced the play all week and ran the wrong route. He wasn't supposed to be there, you know, and, and, and I think that, you know, there was an, a suggestion that on the, the failed fourth and one with 11 minutes to play, that was clearly the turning point of the Packers game Sunday, that part of the problem with that play 
is that Jimmy Graham may have run the wrong route, that it was designed to Robinson, but Graham had ended up about five yards behind him and brought two defenders with him and created all that congestion in there. So um, uh, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think that's one that you can hang on on coaching or play design or play calling. Those are mistakes that occur during NFL games, and um, even the best make them every once in a while. Uh, have the Bears made more than most? Uh, I don't know that I would say that, uh, but but I've seen what you're talking about, and I do understand why you would ask the question. So uh, thank you very much for the phone call. Let's get out to Lockport now, uh, home of, I believe, Ron Coomer. Uh, and also, I don't know if it's his home, but it's where Peter is calling from. Peter, how you doing? I'm doing good, and I know Ron Coomer real well, too. Coombs is the uh, best, isn't he, Pete? <laughs> He's, uh, my whole family knows him. My oldest daughter kind of grew up with his group, and I know a lot about that situation. I also am a very old Bears fan. I've known the coach since I was about 10. I had a big fling with the coach and Mr. Buffone. And my question, I haven't been this excited about a player in a very long time. I'm interested in Montgomery and what you guys think he's going to bring next year. I I have a very special feeling about him. Uh, I'd like to see a little more, a little more training, a little more working out. But I'd like to know what you guys think about him next year. And I believe they should have ran him into the ground this year. As you guys know, they get stronger at the end of the game. But what do you think he's going to be like next year? Well, Pete, I I think off of what we've seen this year and where he's at and the tremendous improvement he showed from his rookie year to this season and now the production, I mean, you know, we're talking about a guy who finishes – uh, 247 carries, it's not a ton by NFL standards, uh, but in today's NFL where we see so many two-back tandems, uh, it's not that unusual for a top back to only get the 240, 250 carries. 1,070 yards, 4.3 average, eight touchdowns. I think that's the most important point, six straight games uh, with eight touchdowns then, and then two more touchdowns on 54 catches for 438 yards. He is playing the game right now the way that, that Alvin Kamara plays the game, the way that Christian McCaffrey plays the game. He's, he's become really the Bears' number two or number three receiving option in addition to being their lead running back. And, and uh, I agree with you. I would have liked to have seen him treated more like the number one earlier in the season. I thought there were too many games where, A, they weren't running the ball enough, and, B, uh, when they were running the ball, they, they weren't giving it to him enough. I love Cordero Patterson as a change of pace back. We have to remember that hopefully Tariq Cohn will be back at 100% next year uh, off the ACL as well. And so I don't know that when you say run him into the ground, I don't know that he's going to get that many more touches than, than, than what he's got this year with 300 touches, which is plenty. Um, but he has shown that he can do a ton with them. Uh, and, and, and I think that, that next year, Year three with running backs, uh, it, it could be the breakout campaign. Now, the, the half-life on running backs in the NFL these days isn't more than five, six, seven years where they can play at their peak. Um, but but I think going into next season, he is going to be a very popular 
high draft pick, possibly even a first round pick for fantasy football folks. And, and I think that, um, uh, you know, now that the bears understand what they have with him and assuming that it's this coaching staff, again, that is designing uh, the offense and making those decisions, um, he cut, he'll go into the season with a possibility of being a pro bowl type running back. That's the way he's played the last five, six, seven weeks. So, uh, I agree with you worth being very, very excited about and, um, looking forward to see if there is another gear. I think there is, and, and we'll find out, uh, um, you know, once we see what else happens with this team in terms of changes or no changes, uh, in terms of the coaches, the offensive line, the game plan, et cetera. We are going to take a very quick commercial break here, but when we get back, more of your calls, more in your texts. Dial us up at 312-644-6767. We're talking NFL Wild Card Week. We're talking sports at Chicago's number one rated all sports radio station, 670 The Score. Hub Arkish on 670 The Score, a radio.com sports station. Welcome back, everybody. It is great to be with you tonight. My thanks to Joe Ostrowski for allowing me to sit in his chair this evening. It is the Joe O Show. Uh, Joe will be back with you as soon as we do not have uh, coaches shows, Bulls basketball, whatever it may be. Uh, I have not looked at the schedule for tomorrow night, but I know Joe O will be back. Uh, I have the pleasure of getting to visit with you this evening until 9.15 when we will hand it off to Bulls basketball. So if you want to get the Bulls game tonight, this is the place to do it. Home of the Chicago Bulls, as well as the Chicago Cubs and the best sports talk in town. Our phone number, 312-644-6767. Mike Rankin is with me. Michael is producing, engineering, spinning the dials. He's behind the glass in the studio. He's the guy who's picking up the phone when you guys are dialing us up on the bet ql score listener line download the betql app today or visit betql.com let's go back to the betql listener line and welcome steve who's out in darien into the program steve thanks for dialing us up tonight how you doing i'm doing well thank you i've been listening to your station and listening to your interview with that reporter can we can we stop this nonsense about the bears making the playoffs to the last three years the only reason they're in this year is because the nfl changed the rules it's a false equivalency it's not really reasoning. It, it's it's not really, in my opinion, it's yellow journalism. Yellow journalism, perhaps. An example. Whoa, 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 Steve, time out. In, in this world of yellow journalism, how is reporting the facts yellow journalism? They are in the playoffs two of the last three years. There's no question about that. There's no disputing it. There's no debate. They're in the playoffs two of the last three years. It's by implication. It's by implication. Uh, it's suggesting success. No, it's not. It's not. It's stating a fact. They're in the playoffs, period. We have not, nobody's called the Bears a great playoff team, a good football team, predicted that they're going to win. They're in the playoffs. It's that simple. Listen, there's a lot of things we can debate, but you cannot debate the fact that the Bears are in the playoffs two out of three seasons. That's just the reality of it. I can debate the fact that people point to that for a reason of success, and my my next point is is a reason for keeping pace. Because if you're pointing to the fact that they made the playoffs the last two last three years, that's a false equivalency. You can't compare that to the prior times when they only had six people, six teams in the playoffs versus previous general managers. That's a false equivalency. And if you want justification for firing pace, they went one and six against winning teams. What? And this is year three of his quarterback of his. Uh, head coach, the two most important things that the NFL general managers pick 
are head coaches and quarterbacks. This is year three. They go one and six against winning teams. Are they going to, Are they trying to get to the Super Bowl? Do they not think they're going to face winning teams on their way to the Super Bowl? What, what, is, what is the goal? Steve, listen, man, I appreciate the phone call. I have, I, let me ask you one more question. I, I've been on since 6. I don't know if you've heard the whole show. Have you heard anybody since 6 o'clock on this station suggest that the Bears should either hire or fire anybody because they're in the playoffs two of the last three years? Um, I no, you haven't. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that, that's I, I get, again, it's where people are going. But 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 the only point I know that I've tried to make and, and that frustrates me is, is people need to stop trying to make it something negative that the Bears are in the playoffs. There's nothing negative about it. They followed the rules. They earned the seventh spot. They're in the playoffs. Now, is that justification, as you're trying to suggest, for, you know, saying that, that, that let's just pick Ryan Pace and say he did a good job? No, that's not one of the points I would make because I agree that being an 8-8 eight and eight playoff team isn't all that impressive, but we, we don't get to accuse them of somehow cheating to get in or not deserving to be in. They do deserve to be in. These are the rules that were made. They just followed them. So I, I understand what you're trying to say, but it's not the conversation that we've been having uh, at least this evening so far. If somebody else uh, is suggesting that because they're in the playoffs this year, that in itself is a reason not to make changes, then I can debate them and argue that point and say that that's not a good enough reason. So I do get where you're coming from. But at some point, the negativity becomes annoying because right now I think all focus should be on the fact that they are in the playoffs. They do deserve to be in the playoffs. Let's look forward to the game on Sunday and let's see what happens. And then afterwards we can analyze uh, what the result, what the ramifications should be if they do get beat and if they play like a team that didn't belong there. Uh, let's go out to Kenosha and welcome Phil into the program. Phil, how you doing? Hi, Hub. How are you? Thanks for having me. Um, I, I have a question for you, and, and uh, off of an observation. I've been watching the Bears my whole life, and it seems to me this year I, I want to find out from you why our defensive secondary – always seems to have the uh, not what I call lockdown coverage on on the different receivers and I'll I'll talk about specifically Green Bay it seems to me that it, even with the bad teams that we've been playing it always seems that the quarterbacks have a larger window to get a completion to a receiver against our secondary than Mitch has to throw to our receivers seems like every time I watch him throw a pass our receivers are locked down but when I watch guys like Rodgers and some of the other quarterbacks, even Glennon to some degree when he was playing against uh, the Bears, our secondary guys just aren't locking down on these receivers. Why does it seem to me that the receivers on the other teams are much more open against us than, for example, and other defensive backs seem to lock down on our guys? Why can't we get our guys open and how come we can't cover anybody? Is that, am, I, am I wrong on that? Well, I don't, Phil, I don't think you're wrong, but I, I think it's a question of what your sample size is and how much tape you're watching. I can tell you the one question you asked is, why does it seem like Mitch is always thrown to guys who are, are locked down or covered? Uh, a big part of that is because Mitch holds the ball too long. That, that, that's been one of the big issues with Mitch's ability to play Matt Nagy's offense, is reading the field, knowing what he's seeing, and getting rid of the ball on time. And so, no, your eyes are not playing tricks on you. Bears receivers do appear to be covered a little tighter than possibly the opposition uh, as often as not, if not more often as not. But a lot of that is because Mitch is holding the ball too long. Uh, that said, in, in Chuck Pagano's defense, he doesn't like to blitz. He doesn't like to play a lot of man. 
Uh, a lot of this is the theory of we want to force teams to put together 8, 10, 12, 14 play drives, get down the field because it increases the options, or the opportunities for something to go wrong. Uh, he has not had the pressure that, that, that the Bears had in 2018 when Khalil Mack first got here, and even last year, the first half of the season. That also uh, forces defensive backs to be a little more careful, to play off a little bit more because they know they're going to have to cover longer. So it is a, it's, it's a number of factors, um, but a lot of it is just the design of the defense. And when you compare it to what, to what the Bears receivers look like against other secondaries, a lot of that is because, A, either the ball isn't coming out soon enough or sometimes the ball is coming out too quick because there's been so much pressure uh, in, in the faces of both Foles and Trubisky and the receivers didn't get a chance to separate. So that may be some of what you were seeing as well. Uh, let's get one more in before we have to get to another break. Casey is up in Waukegan. Casey, I appreciate you calling. Hope you're doing well. Hey, how you doing, man? Good, thank you. Hey, listen. I don't know. Well, I had the Bears to be eight days this year. Cause, and let, me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you my position on that. When Eddie Goldman came, went out, to me, that was a big part of the defense because he put a whole lot of pressure on a quarterback. But then when Coins went out, you know, it, it, you know, it really was a date, you know. So they are right where I figured they'd be for the season. Mm-hmm. You know, Casey, it's interesting that you you make that point. Thank you for the phone call because I talked about this. I think it was last week. If if folks want to go back and look at all of the preseason analysis and where everybody was picking the Bears, and, and, and what a lot of these supposedly smart football people were saying, almost everybody had them somewhere between 7 and 9 and 9 and 7. And, and so at 8 and 8, they're pretty much exactly who we thought they were coming into the season. I, I know that my take, I, and, I, and I wrote it, so it's living somewhere, people want to go back and see it, is that I saw them as somewhere between 7 and 9 and 9 and 7, and with a few breaks and you know, really great luck on the injury front. Maybe they win 10 games. Uh, maybe they're a wild card team uh, with bad luck. They could be as bad as six and 10. Um, I, I haven't found anything all that shocking about, you know, who they've turned out to be this year based on, you know, not only where they finished last year and, and my evaluation of the roster and the talent, but also all the extenuating circumstances. I, I, I think, Fans in, you know, and it's funny because we've all lived the same thing. And when we see what's going on in our own personal lives with our own work situations, with our own social situations, with our own being locked down at home because of the pandemic and, 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 and the horrible things that folks who, who have actually, con, uh, you know, contacted or contract, uh, you know, have had the, 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 the virus, um, you know, it, there, there's nothing surprising about this. And yet you have, fans who want to win the Super Bowl every year, and I understand that. That should be the goal every year, uh, who are really being overly critical, and I think in some cases unfairly critical about what's happened with this football team. When you evaluate what Casey is saying, is that for the most part, this is who they are. And so if you want to be mad at them for not being better than or something other than who they are, that's fine. But that's not really analyzing the team or the sport or the game. And so the question should be, what do they have to do now to take another step forward next year? Then I think we all start with the hopes 
that by the time we get to, to July and August of next year, that this pandemic will be under control and that it will be a much more normal season. Actually, I think you hope for that by the spring so that they can have an off season, which they didn't have last year. I asked this question week five, week six, week seven, and nobody had an answer for me. But when you realize where Mitch Trubisky was at at the end of last season, and the Bears saying, we, we've got to have competition. We're bringing in competition. We're going to do it all offseason. And then there was no offseason. There was no offseason workout program. There was no OTAs. There was no mini camp. There was no practice of any kind. And then even in training camp, it was half of what you might normally expect. Why did anybody expect Mitch to get better? What, what was supposed to have happened during the offseason that was going to make him better? Nick Foles didn't meet his teammates until he got to training camp. Didn't even know these guys. And, and, and so why was anybody so surprised when he struggled the way that he did? And, and so, no, I know it doesn't make anybody happy, but, but there's really there's, there's nothing surprising about what's happened with this football team this year. And, and I don't think, based on everything that they've gone through this year, that anything has happened to firmly establish one way or the other that it would be a good idea to change the GM or change the head coach. Um, not saying it would necessarily be bad if you can find a better talent, but what gives Bears fans sudden great confidence that after hiring these guys, that the next guys they hire are going to be better? So, you know, Casey, uh, Eddie Goldman was a huge loss. You, you are absolutely correct. Uh, Tariq Cohn, a very big loss. It's not an excuse. Everybody has injuries. Um, but based on who this team was and then what's transpired over the course of the year, um, I, I don't think that necessarily we had any right to expect any more uh, than eight and eight and a surprise playoff berth, which they've got. And they can certainly rewrite the, the narrative if they can go into New Orleans and pull the upset. So that's why I prefer if everybody just kind of started to get excited, you got a playoff game Sunday. You're in it. They deserve to be in it. Whether they're good enough to compete and win it, that remains to be seen. But hey, we got one more. Let's look forward to it. Let's have some fun with it. Let's find a way to be positive about some of this. And then after that game, if they win, you got another one. If they lose, then is the time to start figuring out, quote, all that's wrong with the Chicago Bears. We're going to take a quick break here. When we get back, my buddy Eric Edholm is going to stop by. Eric does an incredible job for YahooSports.com. He is their draft expert, also a national NFL eye in the sky. We're going to talk to Eric about Wild Card Weekend and get a little bit of a preview about what some of these quarterbacks coming out of college might look at, as well as left tackles and other positions of need for the Chicago Bears. That's all right ahead here at 670 The Score. The Bears are who we thought they were. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 